Hey there, we are back with a brand new Village Vice. That, show everybody that shirt, please, Zach, before we get started. That is so, that goes hard, my friend. I Malik blocking, giving them all the love. Yeah, that's good stuff. Hey, it's the middle of the week, and we're going to talk some Auburn football. And um, yes. I just, I'm a little amped about the basketball game. And so I'm, I'm going to try to, to come back down and, and kind of get a normal heart rate during this show. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, you're pumped. Yeah, you're pumped. I mean, the, it seems like the whole fan base is. We're all wired yeah. up this morning, ready for it to be six o'clock. So. Love it. Love it. All right. Yeah. Before we get there, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, let's talk some football before we get there. Auburn okay. got the commitment uh, for a, another tight end, a tight end in the 2025 class, Hollis Davidson, the third. Yes. Um, adding to a position, Zach, that's already, I think, a position of strength. Uh, based on the depth and versatility alone for Auburn. Yeah, you got to love his frame. HD3, uh, 6'6", 230 from Peachtree City, like you said, Brad. And so now he joins Ryan G, the other tight end committed in this 2025 class. And you can kind of look to see the future of this tight end position room come together because mm -hmm. after this season, you're losing Luke Deal, Brandon Frazier, and, of course, Rivaldo Fairweather, who is going to become – you know, one of the more accomplished tight ends in Auburn history if he does what he did last year again. So now the future of this tight end position, you got Mike O'Reilly, who will still have eligibility. You brought Enrico Walker, the transfer from Maryland, who I don't think is going to have a large role this season, but you could certainly see the writing on the wall in the path to a larger role in the future after the 2024 season. Yeah. And then you bring in a guy like Hollis Davidson, who appears to be more of the receiving type tight end with Ryan G being more of that blocking type tight end. You can see what they're doing here and it makes sense. No, it really does. And um, G and Davidson are 2025 guys, so they won't impact 2024 as we get closer to spring practice. Mm -hmm. Zach, let's take a look at the, the tight end room for the 2024 season and project a little bit and talk about the you know the ways that these guys can be used here's the official auburn roster here are all the tight ends that are listed and okay. this is by jersey number so just understand that as we go so you got rivaldo fairweather cam etheridge six feet 223 um grant hidalgo is listed michael riley luke deal brandon frazier and rico walker those are the guys all right now that we've established that that's your roster I want to go back to last season mm -hmm. and let's talk now all the, you know, little bit of a different philosophy, maybe consistently through the season. Um, let's assume Peyton Thorne is the starting quarterback. Um, you can assume improvements on the offensive line or not. If you want to, here's for context. Okay. Last year, Rivaldo Fairweather caught 38 passes. That was right. more than anybody else on the team. The next highest tight end in terms of receptions was Brandon Frazier with seven. Mm -hmm. So that's 45. Micah Riley had two. That's 47. Tyler Fromm, three. That's 50. Luke Deal did not have a catch. So 50 catches in 13 games from the tight end position. And Rivaldo's kind of that flex guy. He can be lined up like a receiver. But he's listed as a tight end, so the catches go to the tight end position. 50 catches, greater or fewer, in 2024 for the tight end room. Few, I'll say we're counting Rivaldo's tight end, right? Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll say more. I'll say more then, just because I think Micah gets a few, and I think I think Rivaldo has a chance to lead the team in receptions again. Mm -hmm. I don't think that would be 
a crazy thing. And so if he gets around that, um, sure. I do think there's going to be less overall snaps given the tight ends. I think you're going to see less two tight end sets on the field because there's too many receivers that are going to mm -hmm. get there. So I do think you're going to see less total snaps. And so you look at um, Rivaldo had 589 total snaps last year, which obviously led tight ends. And behind that was Luke Deal with 254, Frazier with 241, Tyler Fromm, who's no longer on the roster, 151. So those become available. Mm -hmm. and, and I just, I, I can't, I, I don't think that number, those numbers are going to be as high next year for, for some of these dudes. So um, I do think that's going to go down, but you also may see Rivaldo play more true receiver. Mm -hmm. at times this season than a year ago they kind of flexed them out more and more as the season went on so now with a full off season I'm curious to see how they work with all of that but yeah i would i would say more overall receptions but i will say fewer overall plays for yeah the and i don't want to discount the fact that it's not just about receptions in fact the receptions and, and what you do in, in the receiving game may not be as important as, as what the tight ends do to set the edge in the run game and and protect and that sort of thing. So, um, I, again, this is just one of the metrics that we wanted to throw out there. So let me throw it out in a different way. Let's take Rivaldo's numbers out, not Ronaldo, Rivaldo's numbers. Sure. Um, that's a throwback to around the bowl game. Um, 12 receptions for all tight ends, not Rivaldo Fairweather. Greater or less in 2024? I'll say greater mm -hmm. because I think Frazier may get that by himself, Brad. Uh, I, I don't Average think that would be a game. Yeah. If you told me Frazier had 15 catches in, in 2024, I'd, I'd, I'd probably, I'd be okay with that. So okay. I, I'll say over. Yeah. All right. I think I would disagree. I, I think it'll actually be fewer because I think if you do, if the tight ends are on the field less mm -hmm. overall, then it's fewer overall opportunities. If Fairweather's getting the same or more, that's taking away from throws to tight ends. And if you do have the receivers on the field more, that may take away. So I, I, I think I may go – I mean, I don't feel hardcore about it, but sure. yeah, I, I think I may go a little under. The, yeah, the I mean, it's going to be such a minor part of the offense. I do think mm -hmm. I do think philosophy is going to change with Hugh Freeze being a huge part of, of running the offense. And we'll see what – you know, obviously what Derek Nick's involvement is as the new offensive coordinator. But – the games where you could tell the difference between Auburn being effective on offense versus games like the New Mexico State game where Freeze had no issues saying that he wasn't involved in the game plan until we assume it was Phil Montgomery a year ago. There was there was there's so much more intention when this team was running Hugh Freeze's offense versus what Phil Montgomery was doing. I don't even want to say it was running an offense. It was just going on the field and doing things. To where I think anything that he's going to do as far as putting tight ends on the field or what he's doing with his personnel, I think it's going to be purposeful. And I don't know if Auburn's offense really had a whole lot of intentionality to it a year ago. I do think that's going to change. And so when you look at some of the, the pieces of the puzzle, like a Brandon Frazier who emerged as a solid, reliable pass catcher down the stretch, or even a Micah Riley, who I think is the true backup for Rivaldo Fairweather. Mm-hmm. I think those guys are going to have roles. I don't think it's going to be big, but if you told me they had a few plays drew up for, for some of these guys and they used them over the course of the season, yeah, I think so. I don't know if that was necessarily the case a year ago.
Yeah, no, I agree. I, I kind of expected Micah Riley, even with the loaded room, I thought he might get more opportunities last year. But it could be if he's real, you know, as you said, if he's the guy playing right behind Fairweather, I think that may work to his advantage this year. I could see a couple of times this year where, you know, maybe a defensive, all right, 13's out and 84's in. And mm -hmm. so they're probably not targeting him here. And there's action across the field, and you see Riley down the field on a seam that's just busted and wide open. And sure, or, I can see that realistically, and and not not in a throwaway situation either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or of the course of them this offseason building out this roster and the personnel, and they say, okay, Cam Coleman, we feel great about him as an outside guy. Perry's yeah. not quite ready to start the season because he's not going through spring, or you know, Camden Brown doesn't turn the corner. Rivaldo may need to take more snaps at outside receiver. And so if you do that and you kind of still want the explosive ability out of your tight end, you, you put in a, a Mike O'Reilly or, mm -hmm. you know, a Brandon Frazier. So I, I do think there's, there's multiple cases where you could see tight ends, not name Rivaldo Fairweather getting over 15 catches. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's a good spot to be in. Again, it's another one of these positions where you feel awfully strong and there's a lot more known than unknown about the position going into spring. Mm -hmm. Right. There's also a lot of known that you're going to have a great time when you go to mybookie.ag. Look, happy Super Bowl week to you, yeah. Brad Law, and all the villagers out there, happy Super Bowl week. Whether you think it's the Niners or the Chiefs, and we'll give our picks, and we may do it a little extra props on the Friday edition of Village Vice coming up, Brad, if you're okay with that, we'll use, of yeah. course, my bookies lines for all of that, but just go go ahead and get yourself ready emotionally and from a mybookie.ag point of view. Go ahead and make your free account. And when you make that first deposit, use promo code next round so you're ready for the super Sunday that is so so close. I'm very excited. But once again, mybookie.ag use promo code next round. Uh before we move on to a little historical piece here. Yes. Um, what is your go-to Super Bowl food? What's the spread? If you, if Zach Blackerby was in charge, sure, and it's strictly, you're not worried about what everybody else likes, okay? You're uh -huh. worried about you. What's your Super Bowl spread? Sure. So I'm I'm going to answer this in a world where I'm still being a chonker and, and I'm not dropping yeah. pounds. Okay. Right. Like, can we yeah. go into that? I probably will not do this this year because I'm dropping some weight, but. My uh, my go-to food, and partially what got me into the situation to begin with, was I love any sort of dip, Brad. Mm -hmm. Chips and salsa is my go-to. I mean, it's just so simple, but it yeah. just it brings me a lot of joy, yeah. a lot of happiness. Buffalo chicken dip is among the elite dips. Um, I don't know. There's there haven't been a whole lot of dips where I could use the chip as a vessel to deliver it into my mouth. There's just not a whole lot of things. Of, I'm just not going to pass that up a whole lot. Yeah. So give me a few different types of chips, a bunch of dips, and we'll um, you know, we'll go cheer on uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend. There you, <laughs> there you what go. about you? Well what put. is your ideal well uh, Super Bowl snack? Yeah, I. you know what? Uh, and we're actually going to do this this year. My son is 10, and he, like, for the second year, is really into the big game. Like, he okay. really wants every part of the game experience, including sure. – the food. And okay. so we'll get a big, you know, like a big sub sandwich and split that up. And we'll do, you know, a couple of different kind of chips because you got to have variety mm -hmm. and a simple dessert, like a brownie 
or, you know, some like a like a, a blondie, maybe a, a cookie brownie combo type of thing. That's mm -hmm. all you need. A little bite size, bite size, pop them in and go. So sandwich chips, brownie. That's pretty straightforward. Pretty. Plain. I was I was watching Julian Edelman's show and he he was interviewing uh, Rob Riggle, who I guess is a Chiefs fan. He, was okay. on, he had a Chiefs jersey on and he's like Edelman asked him, like, what is your go to like meal? When you're watching the Chiefs, the Chiefs games on. What do you want to be snacking on? And he's like, anything that's been in a crock pot. And yeah. me being a dip guy, I'm like, cool. He's got some Rotel in there or something. And he's, and he continues like, like a chili or like a pot roast. And I'm like, it's a Super Bowl pot roast? What? What's going on there? Yeah, That's I weird, get it. Right. And they yeah. talk about the smells and all that. And it's like, I get the smell aspect, the aroma. I'm very pro crock pot. Yeah. More so for the aroma. That some of the food that comes out of it, we can get yeah. into the logistics and nitpick that if you want. But <laughs> I, uh, I just thought that was like, is that a northern thing where they like cook real food yeah. for uh, to to consume while watching football? I don't know. That just really, I've actually been thinking about that nonstop since I saw that. So I'm I, glad I, you brought that up. You know, that's interesting. I wonder if it's a Kansas City thing. Pot roast. I just, you know what? It, it it's such an American thing. It's such an American celebration. I don't know if I want au jus with my you know, with, with my Super Bowl. I don't know yeah. that those two go together. Yeah. So what kind of sub are you gonna get? Oh, it'll it'll be a little I'm like, you know, bunch of meat, bunch of cheese, like a like a turkey ham, roast beef. Do you have a best sandwich in Auburn opinion? No, I'm too much of I love the word chonker. That is a terrific word. Um I, I I'm you trying look, not to be a chonker. Yeah, you can look at me though and tell that I don't discriminate. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty much a sandwich lover across the board. You run like 10 miles all the time. Well, because I, because again, I'm not a discriminator on sandwich. You kind of have to, I would, I'd be disgusting if I didn't do that with what I eat. <laughs> okay. So you don't have a favorite sandwich in Auburn? No, I don't have a favorite. Got it. Love all them right. all. Mostly. Uh, so today apparently is national signing day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, that's just wild that that's, um, like that used to be such a great thing, Brad, and it's yeah. just it doesn't mean anything anymore. There, there are a couple things from my childhood that I don't think were a part of your childhood. And National Signing Day now, this first Wednesday in February, reminds me of this. And I know we have a lot of people watching who can identify with this. We have some that won't. But for those who can't, it's a little bit of a history lesson. Back in the old days, when you wanted to make a phone call, you would sit down in a chair or on the couch beside the phone that was attached to the wall. And you would pick up the receiver that had a cord and you would a dial a, rota yeah. a rotary line. Uh -huh. Do you remember rotary phones? No, I, 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 came, I came after that, but yeah. I do remember it being attached to a wall. Yeah. The best part of the rotary phone, Zach, was the sound. And you okay. love dialing larger. You love dialing eights and nines more yeah. than one or two. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's how you made a phone call. And you had to actually know the numbers. They had these things called phone books where you'd look up the numbers. They have people's names and their phone number listed because you couldn't mm -hmm. just pull up a contact in your phone and dial it. I'll tell you another thing that has gone by the wayside that's just a nostalgic memory. Video stores. Okay. You, you remember video stores? 100%.
Okay. Yeah. That was great. You would, you know, you, you come out on a new release day and you'd walk in and there's an entire wall with the same movie. Mm-hmm. And that's how you rented movies. You didn't just click a button. You actually went to the I store. It. I got it. Right. I, I know, right. but I'm, I'm taking, listen, I'm the nostalgia doesn't mean anything to you. I, the people love the nostalgia because they remember if you didn't get there early enough, all the copies of that movie were already rented and you're just out of luck for several days. Yeah. I do remember as a child, I would be very confused because the, the box would be there. And yes. It's like, and mom would be like, Oh, they're out. It was like, yeah. what do you mean? The box is all over the, there's, there's 40 of them. And then it, she taught me that it had to be, it was like behind yeah. the actual box or whatever. <laughs> right. The box is just the display. There is a physical item that, that goes mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Right. And, right. um, National Signing Day now is like the very last video store in town. It's still there, mm-hmm. but not really. Okay. Like if you've got a guy signing today, congratulations. Like, And it's big for the guys who are signing. But the event, the celebration, the, the coverage, I had to remind you that today was National Signing Day. It doesn't even... The, the term doesn't even hold the same weight that it did five years, 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, early signing day has become signing day for sure. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just moved yeah. up. It's just changed. So sure. You know, and there, there's been some news like Dimitri Nicholas, the former Auburn commit. I believe I saw that he signed with Maryland. So good for him for finding a spot. Um, same with fat Burnett who signed with Houston. And Oh, and, that's uh, great. Good yeah. for him. Good for him. Yeah. I, I missed that. And then, you know, Ryan Williams will sign on the ninth, which I think is his birthday. And so I think it's actually, a, I think it's today. I think he moved it up. Oh, is he doing day. it today? Yeah. Uh, good for him. So, uh, what is your favorite signing day memory? Ooh, uh, my favorite signing day memory. That's a good question. Um, you know, Michael Dyer's signing was was memorable. Okay. Um, the Cam Newton signing wasn't actually a signing day memory. That was that was back. That's a separate deal that was before the outback bowl in 09 yeah the um, player with can like with you know, i mean he was highly rated but we just had no yeah. idea yeah there's no way you could have known like what to be excited for with yeah. cam signing you know no but i remember it was a big deal it was a sure. huge we, we were about to do a bowl tiger talk at this hotel and we had this big room mm-hmm. um, like a pit kind of a, a hollowed out a performance area sound stage and and we announced it right before the start of the show and the place absolutely went wild yeah and it would have gone even crazier if they had known like this right. is going to be the best college football player ever he's going to do everything he can do in a season and he's going to leave yeah. but he, you're gonna he's going to get you a natty in the heisman it'll be worth it but that's right yeah that's right my, um, my, my child, uh Derek brown i was at my uh my old employer and i used to produce um pat dye's radio show the, the pat dye show and we had gotten done recording and everyone had left, but Coach Die stayed because he asked me to put on the Derek Brown thing. It was on ESPN or ESPN two yeah. or whatever. And uh, there was a lot of like drama about. I think it was Georgia making a late push. And I'm like, "Well, then you going to Georgia?" And he's like, "No, we're going to get him." I'm like, okay, all right, Coach. And so just kind of talking about like why Coach liked Derek Brown so much or whatever. Yeah. And then he puts on the Auburn hat. He stands up. He looks at me. He's like. I told you we got him. He like walked out the door and I'm like, ah, oh, rest in peace, coach die. But that uh, that's just something I always, I'll always think about. 
So that's a great, yeah, that's good. That's tops. That's outstanding. Well, and it's just, it's gone now. Like there would have been wall to wall coverage back in the day today. Today would have been the day and everybody would have been gearing up and you have wall to wall stuff going on. And it's just, it's not there. It's the last right. video store and it's That's fine. Right. Like I love the movie experience more now. I love the telephone experience more now. It's better. It's advanced. Uh -huh. It's better. Um, it's just a little bit of nostalgia to think that this used to be the day that everybody got geared up for. Yeah. What well, can help you uh, get geared up for uh, for Valentine's Day? Right? Well, speaking of Valentine's Day, Super Bowl, Manscaped.com. Um, our friends wow. at Manscaped are giving you a terrific deal. When you go to Manscaped.com and use the promo code VICE, V-I-C-E, like Village Vice, you get 20% off and free shipping. And so it's the ultimate face-off. I mean, there is a big game Sunday, but we all know the Beard Bowl is what we're all paying attention to. Two best teams square off, see who the champion of the facial fuzz really is. And our friends at Manscaped are prepping everything you need for game day. Manscaped's Beard pre uh, beard Hedger Pro Kit mm -hmm. is the MVP mm -hmm. of facial grooming. Mm -hmm. It offers precision trimming, water-resistant technology, and enough styling options to outplay any opponent. And right. guess what? You right. can join the winning team along with the other 10 million men 10 who million. already trust Manscaped with wow. this special offer. Manscaped.com, promo code VICE, 20% off and free shipping. Craft your winning look with Manscaped. So one of my favorite things that has now happened on Auburn's corner of the internet <laughs> is whenever students line up outside of Neville Arena, yeah, earlier than the average fan base would, which yeah. is becoming more and more common, which is great, uh, is people quote tweeting it and saying the Bronny James effect. Because yeah. I think it was Fox Sports like quote tweeted that after before the USC game, and they That's made right. it act like Auburn people did that just because Bronny James was coming to town. Yeah. I, I thought that was uh, – so that's that's one of my favorite things. But, no, I mean, they uh, – I mean, the students got out there early, man. I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty insane. Over like it was like 30 hours before tip or before they're allowed in. So the environment's going to be electric tonight. There's no question about it. The first time since like it's the first time both teams have been ranked since uh, and they've played each other since Pearl and no, uh, NATO have been there, which is well huge. Close. It's the second time. It's only the sixth time that it's ever happened. Okay. It's only the second time since like the mid '80s. Okay. The only other time was two years ago. Two years oh. ago, they met when they were okay. both ranked. Auburn yeah. won that game. Um, it is the only. It's only the second time, and two years ago was the first time it had happened when both were ranked and Auburn was the higher ranked team. Mm -hmm. That's why yeah. it, it's just crazy to think that two of the six times that they have met as ranked teams have come in a three-year span. Well, and this goes back to what we were talking about after after the game a few weeks ago that was in Tuscaloosa, and they wanted to make it all about football. And it's like, yeah. so let's celebrate. Let's celebrate what these two programs have done. I mean, yeah. obviously, we have the utmost respect for Bruce Pearl, but I think Alabama making it about football is disrespectful to their basketball coach because he's done an exceptional job, like him or not. I mean, you, you can't you can't say anything otherwise. So um, the fact that that's kind of the treatment I got in Tuscaloosa, um, I imagine it will be different tonight. I imagine tonight will be about basketball, and that's yeah. that's the way it should be. It's absolutely 100% the way that, that it should be. The, the programs 
and and the Auburn fan base and what they've done for the environment at Neville Arena, they absolutely deserve for the spotlight to be on basketball, and and hopefully it will. Auburn right now, according to mybookie.ag, is a two and a half point favorite. All right, you love transitive property stuff, so I know how much you're going to love this note. I hate it. If you're a new if you're a new viewer, please know that he's joking. I know Zach hates this stuff, but all right, these are just these are just numbers. These all right presented without any other commentary. Auburn has played two teams this year twice, Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. Okay. In the Vanderbilt game, Auburn uh, won by 12 more points. The margin of victory was plus 12 in the home game versus the road game. Uh huh. Against Ole Miss, the margin of victory was nine points greater for the home game than the road game. You get something similar tonight, and your margin is plus nine, plus eight, versus what happened in the road game, that's an Auburn victory. That covers, mm-hmm. by the way, the mybookie.ag number. It's, what is it, five and a half? It's two and a half. I think it's up to five and a half other places, but I'm looking at mybookie.ag right now, and it's two and a half. Weird. Yeah. It's a big difference. Yeah. I don't know how much of that. Now, how much of that is Nick Pringle and the fact that he, you know, big 6'10 guy, been suspended twice this year, but he'll play tonight. Notice, please pay attention to the quotes from the Alabama basketball coach yesterday and then compare those with how much he plays tonight. He'll got it. He will play tonight. If you're not expecting Nick Nick Pringle to play tonight, you you don't pay attention. Are Pringles an elite potato chip? Nope. Absolutely not. Um, That's the worst take you've ever had on this show. Nope. They're not. Nope. It's what too do you difficult. mean? Fix the width of the can. It's too difficult to get to. Now, if you pour them out on a plate, sure, fine. But they're not. They're not any better than a bunch of other chips that are out there. It's a bad take. It's a bad take. It's a top three chip of all time. Oh, I just yeah. All right, I disagree with that. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Uh, I I'm really shook at that point. So uh, yeah. let's just do a quick pick. Um. I I'm I know who you're taking, but you can yeah. go ahead and go first. Oh, I, I I like Auburn to win the game. They're undefeated at home. I mm-hmm. think that uh, one of the X factors I do want to mention this is KD Johnson. He is averaging better than 13 points and right at five rebounds a game against Alabama and five career mm-hmm. games against Alabama. And that's so a great note. You get something like that off the bench tonight from KD. Love Auburn's defense, even against the uh, you know the number two offense in the country in offensive efficiency and. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Auburn. All right. Yeah, I, I like the Tigers tonight as well. Brad, that about does it for today's show. does. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Have a good time at the game or watching the game or whatever you're doing tonight. Uh, until next time, everyone has vices. Make sure Village Vice is one of yours. Uh-huh.